Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Elena Aborto. Today, my guest is my friend, Brady Fur. Brady and I talk about moral agency, which is the ability that God has given every person to choose good or to choose evil. Agency is a good topic to look at whenever you have questions like, Why does God allow abuse and neglect to happen in the world? Or why doesn't God just take away my addiction? Or why is it so hard to find a spouse? I hope you enjoy my conversation with Brady. Okay, why don't you just like, or sorry, I was going to say interview yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Introduce yourself for my listeners. Well, my name's Brady Fur. I grew up in Orem, Utah. Uh, come from a classic LDS family. I'm one of 10 kids. I'm the second to youngest. Currently, I'm studying at UVU. I'm studying mechanical engineering and served a mission, got home three years ago. I served in Idaho, um, started the Boise mission, and they changed the boundaries of all the missions, and so I ended up in the Pocatello mission, and then that got cut in half, and they made the Idaho Falls mission, and I ended up there. So nice. <laughs> kind of all of Idaho. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and um, some of my hobbies are I, I love music, play a couple of low brass instruments. I love working on cars. I love motorcycles and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. Very cool. And you wanted to talk about agency today. Yeah. I was just realizing I, I've had a couple of, um, I don't know, different thoughts, questions that I've been pondering on for the past, like, probably a couple of years. I mean, it's kind of one topic, and then it has kind of just all the little subcategories to that. And mm-hmm. I, in talking to you, I just kind of realized that it um, kind of revolved around all of it kind of revolved around agency and mm-hmm. um, and its importance in kind of the whole plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. Why is it important? So I, I guess um, kind of what sparked this interest in this topic was um, on mission, Elder Ballard came and, and spoke to the youth in the stake that we were covering. And he, um, I, don't I probably have things written down in the journal somewhere but he um the one thing I remember is he was up there speaking he started talking about the topic of pornography mm-hmm. and saying all the things that you're used to hearing of okay stay away from it it's evil it's addictive and it's hard to get over and, and then he's like I you know so and if any of you are currently struggling with it I want you to go home tonight and I thought he was going to say, like, repent, (laughs) call your parents, call the bishop, or not call your parents, talk to your parents, call your bishop, like, all those things. Mm -hmm. But instead, he said, I want you to go home and pray for a desire to change. And I just, that, I don't know, sparked my interest and, you know, trying to figure out, well, what that, what did that mean and stuff. And for the things that I have struggled with in life, I was trying to kind of apply that principle and like think about it like okay do we just sit back and pray and like hey heavenly father can you just change my desires and you know i won't want this this drug or this you know bad habit whatever and Mm -hmm. then bam we're just changed well 
I mean, I tried that plenty of times, <laughs> prayed that plenty of times, and it hasn't worked so far. So, and so it just in thinking because I, I felt that what what Elder Ballard said was true, mm-hmm. and so I've just really been thinking about well, what, how does that fit into the, you know, what we know about repentance, what we know about, um, you know, just overcoming um, the various temptations and things um in our lives yeah no i love it thank you i just what you're saying it just for some reason it reminded me of there's this lady on my mission who i really loved her and she was a less active member um and she like would drink coffee and smoke and stuff and i remember like you know trying to figure out ways to help her to get over those things but then I realized one day that she just straight up didn't even want to like, mm-hmm. and that, I mean, first of all, like it made me really sad, but if, like, yeah, it really has to start with that desire. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually better for you to at least want it, to want to follow the commandments than to not even desire that at all. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's huge. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's, there's almost like, I don't know, different, um, I don't know what the word like levels, maybe not levels. I don't know, but you know, in the case of maybe someone that's you know drinking coffee or something, mm-hmm. but let's just say there's or or drugs or whatever. But there there's someone or well, you can have someone that you know, in the case of that lady where it's like they just don't want to, they just don't care. Like it it is just not important to them. They have absolutely no desire for it mm-hmm. to to change. But then there's I feel like a lot of people, myself included, maybe a lot of people in the church that struggle with various things and they want to stop. Mm-hmm. But I think deep down, like what are, I'm still trying to figure out for me, like there, there's, I think there's still a part of me that still wants those things. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's trying to figure out within myself, like, okay, like what, where are my desires and how do I, how do I, how do I change that? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what, what needs to happen between me and Christ, um, for that to, that change to become possible. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, try praying, see if it would just be taken away, but, and in, in bring it back to the topic of agency, I kind of realized like, well, that, that would actually kind of go against agency for something to just be taken away from us Mm -hmm. like that. Oh, that's true. Without us giving it to Christ to take, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And so trying to get, I feel like I've been trying to learn to get to the point where I, my heart's in the place where I can give away those sins and things that I, I struggle with. Mm Mm-hmm. I just want to clarify, you're not, like, confessing that you, like, drink or something, right? Oh, no, Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay got it. Just making sure. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's, I, I guess you, that, that brings up an interesting thing, too, that I've thought about. You know, there's, there's some sins that, like, like drinking, I have absolutely no want to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no want. And... But then there's other things. I'm like, well, 
I don't know. I kind of <laughs> <laughs> that part of me is like, oh, I kind of like this actually, and yeah. <laughs> so and that, so that's an interesting thing too. Is like, how do we get to that point where all of those things are like, absolutely not. I I don't want that mm-hmm. at all anymore. So yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, like the whole point of being on earth is to be tested, right? And the sin is enticing. Otherwise, like nobody would ever sin ever. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely hard to like get over that temptation sometimes. Mm-hmm. I So I actually think it's cool that you chose to talk about agency because I know that we're taught that agency is a gift and that it's part of God's plan and everything. Sometimes I really don't like it, especially when it <laughs> comes to other people. Like, mm-hmm. like cause sometimes I worry about like my friends' actions or my family's actions or just like having to ch- even having to choose a career. Like I hate having to make that decision mm-hmm. right now. Or even just like when people's actions hurt me or whatever or on the mission when you see people like destroying their lives and you're just like, "Oh, just choose God," you know? <laughs> like sometimes I really don't like it. So like why why do you consider it to be a good thing then? Um I I totally agree that <laughs> You know, especially when we we get caught up in the moment of you know when we're trying to make those decisions. I hate making decisions. <laughs> like when I'm faced with like two bigger things or whatever. Like I I just I hate it. And I want someone to make the choice yes. for me. Um, but yeah, it, it's I, I feel like for me I've had to learn to take a step back and and try to see the bigger picture of no, this is part of the plan, like for all of us to have agency. Mm-hmm. And man, it, it really stinks when, especially, I, I mean, it's one thing when, when we make a decision that kind of hurts ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's another thing entirely when we are hurt by someone else. Yes. Someone uses their agency to either in- intentionally or unintentionally hurt us. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing. But at the same time, I, I, you know, in taking a step back to, to see that bigger picture, um, you know, especially in the cases of when someone hurts us unintentionally, it's, it's really helpful for me to, to evaluate where they're at and realize like, okay, they didn't mean to do that. It, it was an accident on their part and it, it's easier to forgive and, you know, not withhold love from them and stuff. And, but I mean, a little more difficult when it's someone that intentionally hurts you for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel like there's just, there's so many cases, at least in my life, it, that's, it's a little more rare for someone to intentionally come after me. I, I'm surrounded by good people, thankfully, yes. but there's still plenty of times I'm still hurt by people for various reasons. Um, but when I take a step back and like, no, they, they don't mean it. Mm-hmm. in that way whatever um that helps me personally to to not get so caught up in bad feelings or anything for them right so. yeah this is this is an extreme example but i feel like i've talked to a lot of people that have been abused recently mm-hmm. and yeah i mean obviously it's so difficult um and those people's actions are very hurtful but something that has helped me, even though I've never been abused, I've like observed it pretty closely, is mm-hmm. just understanding that sometimes abuse is like a cycle of, like a generational cycle of 
this person's parents were terrible and that's why this person is terrible too you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so just like i don't even know what i'm trying to say i guess like just (laughs) understanding that can help you to at least be a little more forgiving even though it is really really difficult what would you say to somebody who like wonders why god allows evil to exist in the world i had a good friend one time that was taking a class at byu don't remember who the professor was or anything but we were just talking one day and and she was talking about what she'd been learning in this class and um she said something to the effect of how um all the trials and things that happen in our lives can be boiled down to the choices that we make the choices that other people make um natural disasters and the fact that we have imperfect bodies Mm I mean, you, you can take any situation and you could probably boil it down into one of those categories. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why I just remember this, but I, I was listening to a podcast and it was not a Christian podcast at all, but it was just the guy was saying, like, I don't really see God in this pandemic at all. And I was just like so sad for him because I was like, I feel like God is like all over this pandemic. Like mm-hmm. he saw it coming and everything. So, yeah, I feel like there must have been a lot of people who didn't really see his hand in it though because they just i guess are blind to it but yeah yeah there's a lot of people yeah that you know the argument you'll hear is like um you know if god was real why is there evil in the world i think kind of like what you're saying i actually have a quote here it's from um c.s lewis's uh mere christianity Mm -hmm. he said god created things which had free will that means creatures which can go either wrong or right. Some people think they can imagine a creature which was not free but had no possibility of going wrong. I cannot. If a thing is free to be good, it is also free to be bad. And free will is um, what has made evil possible. Why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having a world of atom or automata i think that's how you say it (laughs) (laughs) of creatures that worked like machines would hardly be worth creating the happiness which god designs for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely voluntarily united to him and to each other in an ecstasy of love and delight compared with which the most rapturous love between a man and a woman on this earth is mere milk and water. And for that, they must be free. So, I I mean, what I took from that when I had first heard that was, he's answering that question of why there's good and evil in the world and why why there needs to be. My interpretation of that was just, of that paragraph there was, God wants us to choose to follow him. Um, you, you can kind of tell when there's someone in your life where they, they, they'll say they love you. They're, they're, they're there for you. They'll, they'll listen to you. But like, (laughs) I'd almost say sometimes maybe like, um, you know, a sign minister or something like they're, Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be your friend, Uh. like supposed to love you. Mm -hmm. And, and some people are, you know, very good at doing that sometimes, you know, you can feel it's a little forced. Yeah. 
they have to do it. Their their elders quorum relief society president is following up with them, and so they need to get it done, whatever. But then there's those people that, like, it's there's like no doubt that they like they they want to be around you. They just love spending time with you. Um, you know, I, I think that's what a lot of people look for in like a marriage relationship is someone that just wants to spend time with them. Um, in the poetic words of jason derulo <laughs> girl you're you the one i want to want me <laughs> but oh i i just think that statement is so true i i've just really for me personally like in in looking for someone to marry like i just that's something i've really focused on is i want to find someone that really wants to be with me mm-hmm. spend time with me and um that's almost one of their sole focuses and so, and so for Heavenly Father, Christ, I I mean, it just makes sense in my mind for them to be the same way of us, they, you know, them wanting us to choose them. And that that's just such a deeper love and respect um, for them. And so that's why it's worth, you know, th- taking the risk of allowing there to be evil in the world mm-hmm. due to the choices that people make. Yes. I love that. Thank you. I I mean, okay, yeah, one of the hard things about marriage is that that is the only commandment that requires the agency of two people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, is that like a miracle <laughs> to freaking happen? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I, I agree though. I think it's way ro- more romantic for both of you to choose each other than instead mm-hmm. of just like, I don't know, someone being half in it, I guess, mm-hmm. or whatever. But yes. I mean, and even just, you know, taking that kind of perspective and, you know, trying to think of your relationship with Christ in that way of like, how committed am I? Because Heavenly Father and Christ totally committed, 100%. Um, you know, they we make covenants and everything. They, they keep their end, but we're the ones that are kind of uh, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of wishy-washy yes. at times. And, um, but they, they want that for us because of you know even the blessings that it it brings into our lives to be that committed to to them Mm -hmm. yeah i love that thank you so how have you been able to learn how to trust god to choose him that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) um i mean learning to choose and trust god um i think trust in any relationship it kind of comes from trial and error Mm -hmm. read read the scriptures we we you know we know the commandments and stuff and you know we hear plenty of stories of people like oh they learn about tithing for the first time and they're like i don't know that's Mm -hmm. that's a lot of money i could put that towards Mm -hmm. you know other things and stuff but they they give that a try and they see the blessings that come from it and for some people it's like that's all they need and they're you know instantly converted to that and they you know they they know it's a true principle other people are like other of us are (laughs) a little slower and they're like okay well let me try this again and like you know just kind of play around with it a little and Mm -hmm. and um you know you you develop that that trust in you know at least that aspect but and you know, even in relationships, you kind of, um, 
you know, you're, you're a little vulnerable with, mm-hmm. with someone and you see how they respond to that. And if it's positive, you, you keep opening up and everything. And so it's, you know, there, there are some people that could, you know, little um, experiences that they might have would totally open up and like, um, you know, totally trust God, be committed to him and everything. But, you know, there's a lot of this, it, it's kind of that trial and error where we, um, we are maybe a little vulnerable. We, um, you know, we keep the commandments, we do various things and he blesses us and it, it just develops slowly. Our trust develops. And I think when we, that trust develops, we, it's easier to choose that because we we see it's the better thing Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's really important to just be vulnerable to god during our prayers and everything and yeah i don't know it's just it's easy to forget that he's like almighty and he knows the end from the beginning and so it's like crazy not to trust him but sometimes when we can only see you know right in front of us Mm -hmm. it's just hard and i i think that's that that's what makes our relationship with god so unique Mm -hmm is because we don't see him. And I mean, people have experiences where they, you know, maybe feel God's presence or, you know, hear words of the spirit, whatever. But for the majority of the time, all we have are his words in the scriptures Mm -hmm. and revelation from our prophets and apostles and stuff. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And so it's one thing to have a physical person (laughs) there you can talk back and forth with whereas you know a lot of times when you know praying you you pray and it's like where are you don't yeah Yeah. don't hear anything (laughs) like and you kind of have to hold on to you you really have to hold on to past spiritual experiences um you know words in the scriptures that just really bring comfort to you Mm. and and just truths that you know um when yeah when trying to develop that relationship with our heavenly father and it's it's difficult yeah but it's it's worth it (laughs) for sure yeah i've got a quote here it's a quote by um hugh nibley Mm -hmm. um and i think it falls into the category of ahc it says who is righteous anyone who is repenting no matter how bad he has been, if he is repenting, he is a righteous man. There is hope for him. And no matter how good he has been all his life, if he is not repenting, he is a wicked man. The difference is which way you are facing. The man at the top of the stairs facing down is much worse off than the man at the bottom of the step who is facing up. The direction we are facing, that is repentance. And that is what determines whether we are good or bad. And I just, it, it makes me think of the um, quote by um, Elder Maxwell, where he's saying like, you know, our our will is the only thing that we can really give to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to choose to do that is, is huge. The gr- yeah, yeah, huge. But it's the, yeah, that, that's what he's asking for. And it's, the only r- real thing that we can give and it's the best thing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> to for do. sure i agree thank you so much um 
So I like to ask all my guests this question. What does it mean to you to consecrate your life to Jesus Christ? I like the the definition of consecration that Anthony Sweat, okay. professor at BYU, uses. He he refers to it as a stewardship. Mm-hmm. And, and in my life, like you know, my family, because of uh, various projects we get involved in and uh, the work that my dad does and stuff, we have, you know, we have a truck, a, a larger truck that can haul stuff for um, his business. And we've got various trailers. We've got a little tractor, um, various things. And so often, you know, growing up, I'd see my parents offering these things as, you know, to help with, you know, a ward cleanup service activity or something. Or, um, you know, just last week I had some good friends of mine that uh, were moving from Provo to Lehigh and we have this truck. We've got access to a big enclosed trailer and I show up at their house. We got everything loaded in and mm-hmm. taken up there. And and I had offered to do that for them just because they're my good friends and, uh, you know, no charge to them or anything. And that, that was just to answer your question, I don't know, we, we are blessed with various things, various talents, various um, means and stuff. And the way we can consecrate our lives, our, our talents and those things is in serving others. We're, we're stewards over these things. We, you know, we have ownership over them. We use them for ourselves, but then when called upon or prompted, we can use those things for for helping other people and so you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning I, I like cars and stuff and this same couple that I helped move I have a couple times helped them fix their car and it has saved them a bunch of money they're, they're about to have a baby and you know can put their money towards that and that's just and I found joy in doing that in just sharing the my know-how and stuff and helping them so they can um, be successful with starting a family yes. and and various things so yeah that, that's I guess how I how I've seen it growing up and how I try to live a consecrated life mm-hmm. I guess so. that's awesome <laughs> yeah I I love brother sweat like I think he was the first person who really taught me what consecration was so i largely like same yeah I, I, I feel like i should give him all the credit for my podcast to be honest but thanks so much brady that was really good and you're so smart so that was great you're too kind <laughs> my thanks to brady for being on the podcast and thank you so much for listening Make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram at ConsecratingPod to be informed of what will be coming up next. And make sure that you leave a rating or comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I hope you'll join me next time.